Scott for Scots here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except at Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass, you're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down, okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportsstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Back on board once again as we wrap up yet another season of Purple Mafia. This is the ninth complete season of Purple Mafia. The Vikings win 38-10 to over the Chicago Bears and finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, whoop de doo on the whole 8-8 uh, eight and eight part. Um, definitely, you know, it's like you put it in perspective. What, how, was, how did you think the season was going to go when Bridgewater's knee literally, like, buckled and ripped in half, basically? Luckily, he's walking around again, and we'll see what happens. Um, you make a trade for Bradford. The offensive line's always in question, but, oh, we addressed that offensive line so much. We really addressed it, and then, well, no preparation in case somebody gets injured. And at the same time, how many pieces can you bring in in one offseason? I don't know. And that's what scares you coming into the next year as well. But um, it's hard to say. It's like, did things just average out or what's the deal? Like you start 5-0, and you're thinking, oh my God, this is unbelievable. You lose Adrian Peterson. You lose your starting left tackle. You have very virtually no offensive line protection, protection, but the defense is so good, and then you have a quarterback who's got a really good arm despite his lack of mobility until today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, his accuracy is great, blah, 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 blah. You're 5-0. and oh, This is so fun. And then reality sets in. Was it reality? Was it underachieving? Ah, it's like everything, man. Too many damn injuries kind of a little bit of everything and that's where we are eight and eight it's just a little bit of everything and you average out to an average record 500 you finish 500 on the season the offense today looked like they probably should have looked like on soldier field but of course jay cutler was playing and he was sharp as a razor that night way back earlier in the season the vikings second consecutive loss that would have been week number see five and oh then week six week seven week eight uh literally around right around the midpoint of the season it's a 17 week season officially because everybody gets a bye week at some point along the way but you were hoping to see this type of a game against a depleted chicago bears team which i don't know i i am wondering about john fox's future um only two years would be pretty harsh considering what john fox has done in his career but this ain't good i mean three and 13 is not good um cutler is what he is he's all over the place the Bears showed a teeny tiny bit of uh, progress last season. This year, you're seeing nothing but regression. 
Sure, you're going to get the third pick in the draft. Good luck with that. It could turn into something great. It could be a whole lot of nothing. Vikings had the third round pick, third overall pick in the draft in 2011 after a 3-13 and season, which Frazier probably should have been fired. That might have been too harsh, but he probably wasn't qualified to be a head coach, as we learned the next couple of years particularly by 2013. Um, you have the third overall pick. You end up creating, a, get a couple assets that help you get uh, Smith later on, later on in 2012. Harrison Smith, that is. But you get a left tackle who doesn't really, you know, so third overall picks don't always mean everything either. You get a left tackle who had a good rookie year and pretty much after that, meh, you know. <laughs> Bradford, though, he has uh, completed, he has uh, set the completion record officially, 71.6%, so... Big congratulations for that. And we can go on and on and on, and I can do it too, very easily, about the uh, the short passes that kind of bloated it up a bit. Yes, but still, he got to complete the passes, and you know what? He threw some more deep passes than Teddy Bridgewater. He threw more deep, deep passes this season than Teddy Bridgewater has probably thrown in his career so far. At least completed them versus uh, throwing them, that type of thing too. You can add that in. So Sam Bradford... Definitely got more of a deep game than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, awesome game today for Sam Bradford. He did have one mistake, and it was only like <laughs> it was still very much in the single digits in terms of interceptions on the season. His fifth of the year thrown to Cravon LeBlanc. Yep, that's a very familiar name to some people, I suppose. No, not really. But you know, it's just well, it's his fifth interception of the year. You're hoping Sam Bradford's capable of. Uh, duplicating that type of incredible uh, accuracy and lack of mistakes, but you also don't want to be another Alex Smith. I, uh, that's the comparison you hear a lot, where it's just kind of too safe, too conservative type of quarterback, not really willing to make uh, to, to really make a move, really try to push the, push the envelope, so to speak. Sometimes, sometimes you have to a little bit. If you throw a couple more interceptions, but you throw way more touchdowns and all that, and you win a lot more games, that can be fun. And that's how Favre was. Though Favre got a little bit too radical, particularly late in games in the playoffs. Uh, again, that five interceptions overall the whole season pales in comparison to what Matt Barkley did for the Bears today. Two interceptions and a fumble loss and a strip sack. That did not help. You also had uh, Mr. <clears throat> Addison fumble as well on the kick return, which helped for a quick strike to help the Vikings go up 24-7. The Bears had just, <laughs> the Bears had scored recently, luckily for them, and then the Vikings able to get a quick strike again, thankfully for that. Uh, ultimately 17 nothing in favor of the Vikings at one at that point, and then 24-7 Bradford to Jerry's right at the end of the half. Just a huge, uh, huge turn of events and a lucky, uh, lucky turn again at the same time. The Bears also, though, <laughs> it's like a Viking score with 18 seconds left. Such a quick play. Such a quick play. You go up 24-7 after the Bears finally get on the board. And then you give up a 63-yard <laughs> kick return. Oh, that just totally figured. So then the Bears add a field goal at the end of the half, 24-10. That's actually the score I predicted coming into the, uh, coming into the, <laughs> coming into the, uh, the game, uh, of course, the last week, which is pretty funny. Um, third quarter, a whole lot of nothing as the game quickly became. It went from fun to just kind of boring, just kind of running out the clock in a, almost in a way. That's almost in a way what was going on out there. Uh, that first drive was so impressive, though, by the Vikings, I have to say. Uh, Bradford, you, you saw the deepest pass of the year to Cordell Patterson. 
You saw what he can do a little bit on those deep passes. He would not catch another pass the entire game. 39 yards on the play. It was great. Kyle Rudolph also sets a franchise record for tight ends. 82 receptions on the season. And and that's his number as well. His seven touchdowns total over 800 yards. Nice fantasy uh, tight end. Not that I play it, but you get the idea. A nice fantasy tight end in that sense. Um, you got to see Jerry's right finally play, but all super duper short passes. Only 24 yards on his five catches. Jarek McKinnon continuing to show his ability to catch and go along with Matt Asiata. One of them was a touchdown for Jarek McKinnon. I mean, I have no problem with him at minimum as a band aid running back coming into the season. I have no problem bringing back Matt Asiata, which might sound pretty funny with uh, the harsh criticism I gave him earlier in the season. It was the O-line more than him. At the same time, though, you get so frustrated watching it. Adam Thielen, who only needed about 40 yards, a little over 40 yards to get a 1,000 to get a thousand on the season. Only one catch, seven yards on the day. The Bears covering him fairly well during the day. Mike Zimmer, when asked in the press conference about that, was like, whatever, I'm not worried about individual numbers and statistics. I'm more worried about, you know, throwing to the, just throw that we threw to the open man. So Zimmer a little annoyed with that question, <laughs> unfortunately. Guy Forbath made all of his extra points, made all of his field goals. 21-0 and 0 for him from field goal range. Gotta like that. For So I would be very much for bringing Kai Forbath back. So there you go. You have a kicker that can make his kicks. He missed extra points. First one, one was blocked, one was missed. So I don't know. Uh, frustrating there. Uh, the one that was blocked this year by your old friend Blair Walsh was clearly going to miss anyway. So it's like, eh, okay, that was a kick, actually. You know, you, you never see extra points get blocked, but yeah, very rarely anyway. Um, crazy how that turned out. Cordero Patterson had a 30-yard, 35-yard long as well on a kick return. That was appreciated. Uh, Deontay Thompson's return was 64 yards. They said 63, but it ended up being one more yard along the way. So there you go. Um, you know, you don't want to go too heavy into detail in a game like this, even though it was fun to watch. You got to see the defense pressure. You got to see the Vikings force turnovers, which made the game very easy for a victory. You saw the Vikings offense just take off today. Jarek McKinnon, so easy along the way. He had a 36-yard scamper, 89 yards on the ground, 5.6 a carry. But you also saw Sam Bradford do... What you wish he could have done on some of those third and fifteens during this year. I mean, you you really wish. You really wish. Um, you know, he scampered for twenty four yards and he looked pretty quick doing it. It seems like with him, it's not a lack of mobility. It was a lack of confidence because of the multiple ACLs earlier in his career. How they were they took place within a couple of months. Of, like it was like he literally had recovered and back on the field again in the preseason, and boom, it was gone again without contact. So I think it was lack of confidence. Uh, Sam Bradford as a member of the Oklahoma Sooners, was a mobile quarterback before the ACLs in his past. So you got to see mobility out of Sam Bradford today. You also saw him slide at one point, but this one was 24 yards as he just just ran with a lot of speed and aggressiveness on the play. And this is a guy, of course, you don't want him to get a serious injury in the last game of the season, literally like a pre, uh, post-preseason type of game, you know, post-season, preseason type of game here. Basically, mop-up duty is what this game was at the end of the day. You don't want to see a serious injury, and then you're questioning if he's able to come back when you already have serious questions about Teddy Bridgewater being able to come back. So, kind of a combo platter there with that, but... 
if he's confident enough to run at that at that clip, it's kind of a bummer, man. It's kind of a bummer that we didn't see this on some of those third and longs, maybe third and nine, because, again, what killed the Vikings several times this season? In fact, why do you think is one of the number one reasons we're not in the playoffs today is key long third downs where the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Andrew Luck even, who doesn't hardly ever run, but he ran when he wanted to, it seemed like, and many other times, like uh, uh, uh like like Cousins over there, Kirk Cousins in uh, Washington, who's having a hard time with the Giants at the moment. Of course, we will uh, keep waiting those out before segment number two here. I want to get you to get, I'd like to have a full playoff preview at best possible without dragging it out too far. Because, of course, there's no Viking game to preview. It'll mostly be playoff. In fact, it'll basically be all playoff preview conversation in segment number two. Really stay tuned for that one. That's going to be fun, of course, including... Uh, a New Year's Eve George story that you're going to love <laughs> took place a while ago. <laughs> that one was really funny. Oh, you got to see Sean Hill play a little bit today. Woohoo. Um, you get to see multiple guys, probably their last game today. Sean Hill, who played with the Vikings long ago in a galaxy far away in the Metrodome. <clears throat> Not that far away, but you get the idea. Feels like a totally different era, and, and it was. Uh, in the Chili era, the Chili Childress era, he was the backup for Tavares and, of course, for... Uh, uh, others along the way. I don't even want to think about them right now. Um, and Favre, of course. But I don't want to think about Tavares Jackson or, or any of the others. Um, in fact, I think it's even further back. I don't even It's been years and years. But uh, very possible his final game today. Chad Greenway, I think so. Um, when you see a guy raising his arm in the air and getting and tearing up and giving a post-game speech to the players and basically the type of stuff like, hey, you know, keep work hard, keep at it, that type of stuff. Like the kind of advice you would give people as you're walking away. Yeah, I think he is retiring. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, hasn't been the same player this year. Um, he was he had a nice little uh, little late career surge last year because limited. You know, his his action was more limited. So they weren't and they weren't relying on him as much as they did in the past. It seemed like he they were overly relied on him, which made him look bad on occasion in the past. And, of course, you know, a guy that has had an ACL, it's never good to start your career with that, poor thing. Um, and then they were over-relying on him. And then last year, they weren't relying on him as much because you got uh, <clears throat> uh, Eric Kendricks out there, who's faster than heck. And, of course, uh, Anthony Barr, who I think deserves some criticism this year. And even last year, not as good as he was his rookie year, that type of thing. I'm bouncing all over the place. But, hey, that's a whole linebacker issue there. Um Mr. Brothers Control Brothers, who was the fifth was a fifth round pick for the Vikings this year. To me, it's plain as day. He's the best pick in that draft so far. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, no. Um, uh, Zimmer, Zimmer, kind of in pregame conversation leading up into today's game, just talking about Treadwell, does believe he will be a good player someday, that he has the attributes to be a good uh, NFL receiver. Obviously, yet to be determined. Cordero Patterson is a bit player. He finished with like 400-some yards, two touchdowns on the year. Uh, yeah, he's a great special teams player. He's even a good gunner on, on the defensive side of special teams. Of course, those are the guys that run up first, looking to drill somebody and bring them down, hoping for the best there with that speed, hope the best to get to the guy in time before he can run. But um, I, I don't know. Do you, I, I'm not ready to break the bank for Cordero Patterson. Um Let's be smart here. Obviously, we're going to have lots of cap space, and I would like it to go to offensive linemen. Uh, God knows what else. Maybe a free agent linebacker to help replace Greenway. But, of course, Kentrell Brothers, though, does have a chance to play regular snaps in the NFL. I think he's good enough. And, of course, I'm sure that we'll, there you will see. I mean, every 
I, I, I'm still yet to see a draft that doesn't include at least one linebacker in it, uh, be it for special teams or maybe even long-term, a starting type of guy or a uh, immediate backup in, in different situations, stuff like that. Um, like Craig, uh, like like Mr. Hodges was, I almost called him Craig Hodges, Gerald Hodges was, Chicago Bulls, Craig Hodges, uh, before character issues uh, led to his departure to one of the worst teams in NFL history, the 49ers. Oh, they are so bad now. Um, but man, uh, so many things you could go with this. You could just go back and forth this season. It was so weird. Uh, and of course, we will have stated the Vikings after the Super Bowl. Uh, usually before the draft or, and around free agency period, around March, late February, early March-ish, we usually do State of the, uh, State of the Vikings. It's one of the best, uh, I hope I didn't say Timberwolves, they might have popped out wrong, but State of the Vikings 2017, that'll be, that's one of the usually highest rated shows of the year. It's usually regular off-season shows don't do so well, but that one just for every year, it just, whew, it's pretty good. It's one of the big ones. Um, along with kind of like those late May, early June catch-ups. People really looking forward to hearing Purple Mafia again at that stage, or sometimes early July. It's just uh, Vikings withdrawal. So definitely a whole lot of celery cap uh, conversation coming up. Adrian Peterson, I think he's gone. Greenway's most likely gone as well. Uh, What are they going to do with Sharif Floyd? You know, the oft-injured Sharif Floyd who shows flashes of talent and then shows flashes of just crap. I don't know. Um, Linval Joseph not getting to the Pro Bowl. Kind of sad. Kind of frustrating. Um, I don't know. Uh, Daniel Hunter, I think, is as good a player as we have. And he's not even a starting... He's not even a starter at this stage, which is pretty funny. Uh, just his value off the charts. But, of course, that's Mike Zimmer's defense, where you kind of they kind of come in waves, and that's where their value comes in. Anthony Harris, I think, is a worthy backup safety. And, of course, Mr. Uh, Andrew Sandejo not available, put on injured reserve in the final game of the season. Just, you know, he's been banged up pretty much off and on all year, and he had a lousy season, I think, even though we did miss him when he got hurt earlier in the year. Anthony Harris, not great, but not bad. Um, he, he's all right out there. Number 41, obviously, uh, Shamar Stefan. You got to see Toby Johnson play uh, in this game as well. He was not bad. He was just picked up, basically, off the off the squad. So very cool to have him picked up. <laughs> Again, a chance to get some serious action. Now give him a chance to show what he can do. Maybe he can stick around into next season. Who knows? He'll certainly be back for training camp unless someone else tries to scoop him up in the off-season. The off-season, sorry. Uh Fun game to watch. Nice nice to end the season on a positive note. But it, it, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's empty because you're you're out. You're out. Luckily, nobody got a serious injury. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, one of the reasons why he was able to eclipse uh, Joe Sensor, who had a stroke, a pretty bad stroke in the last uh, two years here, who's recovering. And he's starting to kind of get his bearings back finally he had to basically regain all of his muscle memory I mean that's wow what a battle that is but good for him uh, but Kyle Rudolph able to uh, eclipse that record mostly because the guy finally stayed freaking healthy and plus he was uh, <laughs> he was the nookie blankie of Sam Bradford most of the year in situations where okay there's nothing special going on there's not going to be a deep pass here to uh, Adam Thielen who's just had an awesome year uh, Mr. Freaking. Stefan Diggs, who couldn't stay healthy for his life the whole season, just frustrating, could not stay healthy the whole year, and I think that hurt the Vikings as well, but Kyle Rudolph, when there isn't a big play to the wide receivers, very available, possibly a 20-yard gain at times, 
I was just huge in those third and long situations, maybe, you know, that could get us to a first down and keep moving the keep moving those chains. Rudolph dropped so many passes this year, though, that could have been better. Also used at times for throwaways because he's a nice big target you can throw to where the referee won't try to accuse you of a cock, <laughs> of a intentional grounding. But um, Rudolph getting that record today, big time. Uh, sad part is same same situation for Joe Sensor set that record for tight ends in another meaningless season, 1981. I mean. How much do you hear about the 81 Vikings? Do you hear a whole lot about them? Crickets? Do I hear crickets in the background in January? Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I can hear a couple of crickets in the background. <laughs> but that's kind of where things stand. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? You get Bradford with the completion total highest of all time, not only for the Vikings, but for the NFL record, passing Drew Brees, who did it multiple times, so that's cool, really happy for Sam Bradford, he kind of, you know, like he did, he did about what you'd expect, kind of shrug it off, hey, it's a, and it's a team effort, and yes, thank you guys for catching the ball, thank you Jarius Wright for catching most of the passes thrown his way today, Jarek McKinnon for being so valuable all year, Kyle Rudolph for being that nookie blankie. Uh, Adam Thielen, really, really valuable all year. Even Charles Johnson netting an 11-yard reception today. I think he. I think this is his last game with the Vikings. Uh, Jarius Wright, I'd like to have him back. I think he's a nice little nookie blankie in situations as well. And at the slot receiver position, of course, Adam Thielen, uh, you know, didn't get a whole lot of action today, but he will continue to get it as seasons progress. Now I'm kind of rambling, but hey, you know, it's kind of season wrap-up mode in a sense. But we really put a bow on everything in State of the Vikings, 26-17, almost said 16. Um, but you still you still kind of wrap up. You get a vibe of how things went through the course of the year in this uh, final game. It, it's too bad. It's too bad you didn't see something like, you didn't see more of these during the season. It, it's a crying shame. Oh, so many, so many missed opportunities. And it's like, do you want to believe that all just averaged out or what the hell? Or was this just a huge, big underachievement? I'm kind of leaning... Somewhere in the middle of those two there, but slightly towards underachieving. I mean, I think this team could have at least been 10-6 and six and been in the playoff picture right now. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. I keep looking over. Sorry, because obviously, you know, we got NFL football going on in the background that's uh, got playoff implications in it. Most of the games do. Today's was not one of them. Mm. So let's pass out the awards, as empty as they are, I guess. Well, Fran Tarkin, an award for today's game. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, why not? 11 catches, 117 yards, the touchdown. He was so valuable during the course of the game today. Just dominant getting that, uh, not getting those numbers done over the course of today. Nice to see Eric Hendricks as active and healthy as he was today. Anthony Barr, active and healthy today. Linval Joseph is valuable as always. These are all honorable mentions that deserve attention. Mr. Xavier Rhodes, Mr. Uh, Mr. Insubordination, along with this, uh, his older friend there. Mm. Very frustrating with how things took place with that one. <laughs> Terrence Newman, of course. Um, was was the older friend, uh, but Xavier Rose getting his fifth interception on the season, so that's great. He's definitely he is a candidate for the uh, Fran Tarkin into the year of the award. I wouldn't call him a favorite, but he is a strong candidate for it. He is he's legitimate. He's he's on the uh, he's on the uh, he's on the table. He'll be showing up to the to the uh, Fran Tarkin of the year award banquet. He will be at the table. Uh, Trey Waynes will not be there, but he did get his second interception. He was all right today, but not that great. He got beat on one of the touchdowns. I'm, I'm a little worried going into the next season with Trey Waynes as a starter, which is very possible. Terrence Newman possibly stepping away. That's another name. Very likely he won't be back. 
but you never know. Maybe he lasts forever. Uh, Trey Waynes has to start. I mean, he's the 11th overall pick in 2015. He has to start. And if he fails, then that's a really bad draft pick. And Rick Spielman's days are very much numbered, I think, because too many misses, way too many misses, too many mistakes. And we've talked about that many times over, including last week's show when I really ranted, and that led to a much longer show last week. Um, so Fran Tarkenton will go to Kyle Rudolph again, all those honorable mentions, very much deserving to be on there. Sam Bradford also deserves an honorable mention. He was awesome the whole game, and that little run just kind of breaks your heart at the same time. Some of those third and longs, third and shorts that maybe he could have broken loose when nobody was open instead of taking a sack. That would have been nice. Trey Buckles will definitely remind you about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Buckhall, shout out to you. Ooh, Mr. Devil's Advocate over there on the Purple Mafia Facebook page. Um, the, where do we go? The uh, Christian Ponder Memorial for today's game. I don't know. I mean, nobody played poorly. Uh, Trey Waynes got beat a bit, I would say. But he did get the interception, so it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really thinking... It's just the team in general for fishing, finishing 8-8, eight and eight, you know, and it goes all the way from Sam Bradford for not uh, being mobile earlier in the season, not being a little bit more confident in those situations. Maybe he could have gotten us a couple of yards. I understand you want to be careful, but you're a quarterback. You can slide. It's illegal to hit you. So I don't know. Um, that drives me nuts that you didn't see that earlier in the year. So it's stuff like that, more just like retaliatory uh, Christian Ponder Award, uh, Christian Ponder Memorials here, not for today's game. Just frustration. Offensive line could have played better. Uh, Jeremiah Searles, I think, deserves it in a lot of ways, too. Just constant penalties. He struggled the whole game. So he's the official Christian Potter Memorial for today's game, if you have to name one guy. So with that, we'll take a quick break and get ready. Get your playoff pencils out there, because maybe I'll go undefeated again. Uh, Because I do think a certain team is going to win another Super Bowl. (laughs) And I think you've known that all year, because I mentioned him way back at the beginning of the season. Uh, So we'll be back to talk about all that right after this. And now, another installment of... George Stories. Well, it's New Year's week, and yes, there is a George story for New Year's, believe it or not. You know there is. <laughs> I've been saving this one all year for you. Um, well, we were doing a fondue. I was at my parents' house, of course. It was just me, my dad, and my mom, uh, in this case. We were doing a fondue where you have the little, the little cute little sterno flame underneath the little pot, whatever, and we were, you know, heating up little shrimp and like boiling butter, whatever, uh, shrimp and pieces of beef and whatever else, like salami, stuff like that, just fun little stuff. So, but my dad wanted to make sure it was hot enough. So what did he do? I guess he hadn't learned from the incident on the boat because he sticks his hand right into the fire and screams, and my mom replies with, that's a fire, George. And we 
are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. This is going to be a fun little segment here. Talk about the coaching carousel, the playoff picture, some predictions, all that good stuff as we head into week one of the postseason, the wild card. But we'll open things up with Black Monday before Black Monday happens because there's obviously been firings already <laughs> during the course of time here. Uh, that we'll probably, well, yeah, we'll add the, we'll probably have more to add to the list on the next show, including Cincinnati's, uh, Marvin Lewis, unless it happens, like, as I'm recording here, like, just one of those, but, uh, so, we started with Jeff Fisher, I don't even know if I mentioned that last week, but, yeah, I think, I don't even remember, but Jeff Fisher was fired a few weeks ago already for the St. Louis Rams, good riddance to him, um, mediocre coach pretty much his whole career, overrated, has stayed in the league way too long, I'm guessing that might be it for him, because why bring him in? Rex Ryan, another guy who was fired this week from the Buffalo Bills, only, uh, well, not even two full seasons with the Bills, a guy who's definitely been overrated, uh, started off great for the New York Jets, and then just downhill it went, started off pretty good with Buffalo, and then during, during his first season, and then downhill it quickly went, including this year, looked really promising, but he's gone, Gus Bradley, of course, let go, not long after the Vikings uh, beat him, which that probably makes us look bad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they all give the Vikings beat you at home. Oh, wow. You're out of here, Gus Bradley. Mike McCoy, San Diego Chargers, out of here. Yep, he was also let go after getting beaten today. We'll talk about uh, that game very briefly in a little bit. Chuck Magano still on the hot seat. Wouldn't be surprised if he got let go by the Colts. I think he should be. He is not that good. Chip Kelly and general manager of the 49ers. <laughs> both let go today, both from the 49ers. They lost a record, uh, franchise record, 13 straight games this season. That's unbelievable. Chip Kelly, things looking promising super early, and then, wow, and then completely downhill it went almost immediately. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the general manager, Trent Balk. Yeah, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible finish to their season. And down they go. They'll down go the 49ers, 2-14. and 14. They'll be picking number two in the draft this year behind the 1-15 Cleveland Browns. Uh, after that, well, we'll see. Uh, John Fox is a guy we'll see. Marvin Lewis, I gotta think. He's gotta go. They've never won a playoff game with him. He's been there forever. They've been to the playoffs a trillion times. They finished 6-9-1. Marvin Lewis, no. Um, I wouldn't keep him. I think, the, uh, I think they're doing their fans a disservice if Marvin Lewis is brought back to coach the Cincinnati Bengals again. I think, seriously, they're doing their team, their franchise, a disservice if they bring him back. Sorry to say. Uh, of course, we're going to save Green Bay and Detroit for last. New England crushing Miami. And there it is. That uh, if, if the playoffs included every team in the AFC, that would be the first-round matchup. And that's probably about what the score would be, too. New England, number one in the AFC with a bullet. 14-2, and best team in the league this year. Congratulations to the New England Patriots, wrapping up number two seed in the AFC, 35-14 to over the six-seeded Miami Dolphins. We'll talk about where they're going very shortly. Cincinnati beat Baltimore, woohoo, today. Steve Smith's final game as he was tearful in his goodbye, just like Chad Greenway. 27-10 to victory for Cincinnati. Maybe a nice little goodbye to Marvin Lewis. Get one last win for the guy. Adios, he goes. Tennessee and Houston, the Houston... <laughs> Houston Texans, just like the poor Raiders, I feel bad, limping into the postseason. We'll talk about who they'll both be playing as well. Uh, Houston really much limping into the postseason. Tom Savage hit with a concussion during the game. And then in comes Brock Osweiler again, ugly as hell. Tennessee rolling 
over the Houston Texans. Well, not rolling, but beating them by a touchdown. Matt Castle leading the way for the Tennessee Titans. You gotta like that kind of sort of. Chuck Pagano maybe, probably, hopefully for the Colts fans' sake, coaching his last game when you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback. Come on now. And one of the better wide receivers as well. Uh, 24 to 20 over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a nice game last week, and they played fairly competitively today. But out go Indianapolis, finishing their season. Disappointing as well. 8-8 eight and eight on the year. Tennessee Titans 9-7. and seven. Houston Texans 9-7. and seven. But tiebreaker over the Tennessee Titans. Otherwise, they would be in. Of course, without Marcus Mariota, Matt Castle would be the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans if that were to take place. Jags, the Jags, finish 3-13. and 13. So they'll pick like 3rd, 4th, something like that in the draft. 4th in the draft, officially, behind the Chicago Bears, who finished 3-13. and 13. And the San Francisco 49ers, who will take the number 2 pick in the NFL draft, New New York Jets over the Buffalo, <laughs> over the Buffalo Bills, thirty to ten. Okay, uh, New York Jets finally win a game and they win by twenty. It's just inept as they've been. I'm surprised they even won five games this year. It's awful as they have been over there in the AFC. Five and eleven, go the Jets. Lord have mercy, and I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna stay in the AFC right now. We're gonna focus AFC only for the moment. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wrap up their division as they pretty much already. Well, they already had wrapped it up, but they finished the season extremely strong, 11 and five. I think they're the top competition, in my humble opinion, for the New England Patriots in the AFC. They will be the number three seed in the AFC. 27 to 24 victory over Hugh Jackson's Cleveland Browns, who finished one and 15. They will pick number one in the draft, and they better do a damn good job of it. Because it's time to turn that team around. Hugh Jackson will not be fired from the Cleveland Browns. They want continuity. And I had Vince Germano out there, who I think he listens to Purple Mafia. Um, he, he, he has before, and he talks about the Cleveland Browns a lot. He does not want them to fire Hugh Jackson. And they will not fire Hugh Jackson. So Pittsburgh Steelers, despite keeping Cleveland to 1-15 this year, they will not be firing their coach. And they just might have a chance to bring in a franchise player the number one overall pick, and you better do it. You know, when you have the number one pick, you better capitalize. A lot of teams have failed. Hopefully, for Cleveland's sake, they will not. Uh, a couple more going on here. A couple more in the AFC, then we've switched to the NFC and talk and wrap things up with the old NFC North Championship game. Oh, freaking goody. Oakland and Denver, in Denver, and I knew this was going to happen, and it sucks. It's it's sad. I, I feel terrible. And it just gets worse. Just like Tennessee, it just gets worse. Ugh. <laughs> McGloin. McGloin. Who's that again? Yeah, Matt McGloin. A guy who probably be a nice backup quarterback in this league, I guess. Injured as well in the game. So now you go with Connor Cook. A 12-4 and team who could have easily been 13-3 and this year. Had the number two seed in the AFC. A team that definitely <clears throat> was ahead of of what a lot of us thought they were going to be this year. We thought maybe 10-6, and 11-5, they'd be the third or fourth seed in the AFC and maybe make a run uh, make a run for the Patriots' money. Maybe they'd make a little playoff run and get to get to uh, Gillette Stadium before all is said and done. But it looks like things are not heading in the right direction at all for the Oakland Raiders. They get hammered by Denver today, 24-6 to in their house. So, so sad. Uh, excuse me, in, in Denver's house, pardon me. It was 17-0 Denver at one point in this game. Denver Broncos, of course, eliminated from the playoffs a week ago after getting beat by the Kansas City Chiefs, who, yeah, they're moving way up now. Oakland will be the number three seed in the AFC, unfortunately for them. Trevor Simeon, Simeon was solid in the game today, helping the Denver Broncos 
beat up on the Oakland Raiders. I, I feel so bad for that team and that fan base for what they were on their way to becoming. Man alive. Kansas City Chiefs wrapping up the number two seed in the AFC. What they'll do with it, I have no idea. Don't have a whole lot of confidence in them, honestly. The AFC West will be owned by the Kansas City Chiefs. 12-4 and record. They have the tiebreaker over the Raiders like that, that Thursday night game a few weeks back. Very costly. Derek Carr was healthy in that game, and the Raiders are making a nice little comeback uh, near the halftime in that game, but it was all for naught in the second half. That game ended up costing the Oakland Raiders uh, uh, the, the, the number two seed in the AFC. I didn't think it was going to go that way, but it ended up that way after all. Mike McCoy fired from the San Diego Chargers right after this game. Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid rolling, rocking and rolling. And a lot of people compare <laughs> Sam Bradford to Alex Smith. You know what? These numbers are very similar, aren't they? 20, uh, 28 of 21. 21 of 28, pardon me. 264 yards, 75%. One touchdown, or two touchdowns, one interception. Quarterback rating 112.8. That sounds a lot like... Uh, Sam Bradford doesn't it, but I hope he'll be better than Alex Smith long term. I'm not a fan of Alex Smith. Um, I'm not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs either. I have no faith in them going into the playoffs. That's just my humble opinion. Congratulations on your number two seed. Well, if you play the winner of Oakland and Houston, well, then but the, but they won't. <laughs> More than likely, they won't. We'll just see how things stack up. That's what matters most. So let's look at that AFC playoff picture now that it is a hundred percent official. Let's get on with it. New England Patriots, number one seed. They will play the winner of, well, they'll play Miami if they win because they're number six. They'll be playing Pittsburgh. Ouch. Pittsburgh Steelers will host the Miami Dolphins in the first round. Got to go with Pittsburgh in this one. I don't want to. I really want the Dolphins to win, but I truly doubt that's going to happen. Uh, but if Miami wins, they'll go straight to New England because they're the lowest seed. Otherwise, they'll play the winner of Oak- New England will play the winner of, of Oakland or Houston. Good luck with that. Yikes. <laughs> they'll play the winner of Oakland or Houston. That's funny. New England's just going to roll right there because Oakland and Houston, I mean, Oakland and Houston will play. They're the fourth and fifth seed in the first round of the AFC. Houston gets to host because they actually won their division. I don't know. I guess Houston's going to win because I think the Raiders are so demoralized right now. If the Raiders win, I'd be very surprised. I'd be very happy if the Raiders win, but they look like they're completely demoralized and like they've given up. Houston is just kind of a plucky little cute team. With They lost J.J. Watt to start off the season. They didn't even see him pretty much the whole year. 9-7 and seven record. The cute little team that loses in the first round will probably get lucky and advance now. Just imagine if they were playing a healthy Kansas City team and if Oakland was waiting in the number two seed, Houston would be out so fast, so quickly. As much as I don't have any faith in Kansas City, they would get past Houston at the very least. Um, I can just see this whole playoff picture taking shape very easily for me right now. Houston is going to beat Oakland. God bless the Oakland Raiders. I feel so bad for them, but I, I think it'll be a kind of a low-scoring type of game. Houston will end up winning, bouncing the ball after like two or three interceptions by Osweiler if he's the quarterback. I bet they're just praying for Tom Savage as much as he's like a pretty much a borderline nobody. But I do believe the Houston Texans will win the game a narrow margin, like 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 something crappy, like 17-10 to 10 or 17-14 or 21-17, 21-14. Houston will win. I think Pittsburgh is going to beat Miami convincingly. Something of the lines of, uh, we'll say, 27 to 27 to 17, 27 to 14, something like that. The Pittsburgh Steelers will advance to the second round. They will definitely go to Kansas City then, and I think they'll beat the Chiefs like they always do. They'll beat the Chiefs again, and New England will roll past Houston or Oakland. 
but I do think Pittsburgh will beat the Chiefs, and you're going to see Pittsburgh-New England AFC Championship game. And and this is just my early predictions, but the, you know, but I'm gonna keep doing this as things go on. Like, say if I'm wrong, then I'll do my next prediction. But after that, uh, Pittsburgh will get beaten in a narrow, fairly narrow margin by New England. Maybe New England will play very well in the game. I I, th- I do think New England will win the AFC this year, though. Uh, to me, they're by far the best team in the AFC. They lose uh, Gronkowski, or then they get Michael Floyd, and he's doing a good job at very least playing a nice role there for the New England Patriots. They're just doing such an amazing job this whole season. They're just winning games regardless of the situation. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, one of the best goal line threats in the league, which is another big help for the New England Patriots. They will win the AFC Championship game over the Pittsburgh Steelers in Gillette Stadium, in my humble opinion. So now, let's see how things go with the NFC. And just like the AFC things wrap up in the divisions is, well, that's the best way to do it is you make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs or whatever the hell it is, wrap things up, uh, you know, <laughs> end ties in divisions or whatever it is. Philadelphia Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys 27-13. Cowboys finished 13-3, and so not quite as good as the New England Patriots with their 14-2 and record. Philadelphia Eagles finishing 7-9, and good for last place in the NFC East, but that's a pretty strong last place, I suppose. If there's such a thing as a strong last place, I guess that's it right there. Of course, Minnesota over Chicago. We already talked about that. No kidding. In the first segment, Minnesota 8-8, 3-13 eight eight, for the Bits, the Chicago Bits. The Bears, Carolina, Panthers losing to Tampa Bay in Tampa in the Pirate Ship. 14, or excuse me, 17-16. to 16. Tampa Bay Bucks end up finishing the season in second place, 9-7. and seven. No playoff berth. 6-10 and 10 for the Carolina Panthers. Missing the playoffs after a 15-1 and one record. But Ron Rivera, the former Bears defensive coordinator in the past, very unlikely to be uh, let go after this season. Despite a massive disappointment. I mean, I can't even imagine going 15-1 and one and then 6-10 and 10 the next year. Yowzers. We're going to stay in the NFC South, where the Atlanta Falcons had already wrapped things up long, long ago. With a 38-32 defeat of the New, Orleans, uh, the New Orleans Hornets. No, I'm kidding. The New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Falcons finish 11-5. and They will have the number two seed in the AFC. Well, let's look at this one just for fun because you're looking at some just insane, insane uh, passing numbers in this one. And basically the whole damn season. Matt Ryan, 139.9 quarterback rating, four touchdowns, no interceptions against a hapless New Orleans defense. Will Sean Payton be let go? Eh, probably not, but eh, I, I don't know. This New Orleans Saints team hasn't been good in forever, despite the fact Drew Brees will finish the season with over 5,200 yards. Another 5,000-yard season for Drew Brees. Absolutely nuts. But Matt Ryan also an MVP candidate for the season. Saints finished 7-9. and nine. Just, I don't know. They haven't been good for a while. Not saying I'm, I miss them in any way. Uh, mostly the Saints just made a huge comeback in that fourth quarter. Three touchdowns. For the Saints along the way, Drew Brees, though, Jiminy Christmas, 350 yards. Not the highest completion percentage, though. He attempted 50 passes. Michael Thomas, a guy that uh, Mr. Uh, Sebastian didn't like very much, well, he had 150 yards in this one, and he broke the 1,000-yard mark. So, I don't know. Uh, Michael Thomas ended up being pretty good. He ended up slipping to the second round. Looks like a better wide receiver than everybody else in the first round, for the most part, I would have to say. Yeah, um, <laughs> the guy Washington took, and that I don't even think I'm not even thinking about him anymore. And of course, the guy we took, another guy I wouldn't even think about, Michael Thomas to New Orleans, breaking the thousand yard mark, nine touchdowns. Oh boy, yeah, but it does help you have Drew Brees throwing you the ball, doesn't it? Mm. 
Arizona, a little ass whooping to wrap things up. So they're winning, winning for Bruce, I suppose. Seven, eight, and one. So at least they kind of hung on. But the NFC Championship uh, contenders last year, Arizona and Carolina, yuck. Arizona finishing with a better record, at least. <laughs> but wow, <laughs> Jeff Fisher's uh, <laughs> Jeff Fisher's legacy and with the Rams looking looking pretty much intact. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. It wasn't quite this bad. A 44 to 6 Arizona. Nice little finish, kind of similar to the Vikings. Like, okay, we sucked all year, but all right, let's, well, not all year for the Vikings, but we've sucked for a long time, for several weeks, finishing 3 and 8 on the season. That's horse shit. You finish 5 and 0, oh, pardon my French, but uh, to finish the season 3 and 8, I mean, I'm not impressed. You know, you're, you might as well have been 5 and 11 at that stage, but you had that nice start to the season. If the Vikings didn't start well, it would have been like 5 and 11 this year, and Zimmer's job would very much be in, in uh, question, despite the fact that yeah, he had a million injuries. But 5 and 11, I don't know. Maybe they'd give, well, they'd give him one more year, and if you see another horrible season like that, then Zimmer would be in big trouble. Carson Palmer. Is this it for a, a long career for him? Three touchdowns, one interception in the game, about 90 quarterback rating. Solid performance. Not a high completion percentage, but, uh, you know. And Jared Goff, well, you know, number one overall pick last year. This team still not doing well. Todd Gurley, massive disappointment after being one of the best running backs in the league last year as a 10th overall pick. Didn't even get 1,000 yards on the season. Wow. Just kind of a mediocre guy this year. I'm very surprised to see Todd Gurley drop off as much as he does, but I suppose, in general, the Los Angeles Rams, certainly nothing special at all in any stretch of the imagination. you got to think with that running back and quarterback tandem, though, that eventually that team will start to break through with the right head coach. We'll find out who that will be in time, I suppose. San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Sea Schmucks, I hate that team, 10-5-1 on the year. They're your division champions of the NFC West. Oh, freaking goody. 49ers 2-14. and 14. They'll pick number two overall. Chip Kelly's fired. I wish the Seahawks were fired. I wish the, you know what, I, I wish the records were switched. I'm not impressed with Chip Kelly, but I hate Seattle so much. Oh, I wish these guys, I, I wish these records were switched, man. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing in the world? Pete Carroll fired and Russell Wilson sucks. He's benched. Ha ha. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't know. <laughs> I would love that. Richard Sherman getting mocked every week, uh, two and fourteen. Oh man, I wish. God, I wish. But unfortunately, that's just not how it is right now. Though I don't think Seattle's primed to go on any Super Bowl run. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Twenty-five, twenty-three. San Francisco with a valiant effort down the stretch. He shall not be named. Had a nice, nice, nice game overall statistically. But not spectacular. He was sacked five times and he had a fumble loss in the game. But he he who shall not be named will remain not named because I just don't want to talk about him. Uh, whatever. Two and fourteen. You're part of a two and fourteen team. You stuck just like everyone else on that club, including your coach and your general manager. It's time to start over from scratch in San Francisco, and the uh, Seattle Sea Chickens or Sea Schmucks or whatever they are are moving on. And well. Time for the good news, folks. Are you ready for the good news? Are, are, are you happy? The game's not officially over, but it's over enough. Uh, <laughs> congratulations once again. Yeah, notice I'm saying once again. Instead of a team that winning their division for the first time since 93, it's instead the team winning their division for the first time since 2014. The Green Bay Packers win the division again. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. 31-17. And this is a game, 
if you're a Detroit, if you're a Viking fan, obviously you don't like Detroit. Their fans are obnoxious. They're annoying. They're just like the Packer fans, kind of, quite frankly, just but not quite as bad. They're not quite as bad, you know, still bad enough. <sighs> but but they're back in again, and 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 it just. Yep, and they're going to win the division. You know, I'm getting ahead of things. I'll go to the Giants game really quick first. I don't know why I did that, but yeah, they won. They won the division. We'll let that continue to wrap up. Giants win 19-10 uh, to 10 over the Washington Redskins. They really smothered that Redskins team. Washington at home with one of the uh, most with the prolific most prolific offense statistically in the history of a team that's won three Super Bowls. It's been known more for defense than offense over the course of years, but this is a very good offensive team with a good defense behind it. Kirk Cousins choked on numerous occasions, throwing interceptions at inopportune times, and Eli Manning was just solid enough to lead the way. Paul Perkins with 100 yards. I remember he had that huge play against the Vikings earlier in the season back when you wouldn't even have dreamt this New York Giants team was serious. Look at them now. 11-5, and five, very serious in a game they that basically didn't have any implication for them. They're pretty much stuck at the fifth seed right now, um, regardless, despite the fact they probably deserve to be the number two seed in this conference, and I think they do. Um, man, it, it's too bad for them that they're stuck in that position, but hey, Denver Broncos took care of business back in 97 and so have many other teams in this situation when they're underdogs. They still go all the way and win it. And uh, the Giants' possibility of doing that is higher than people would like to believe. That that defense is incredible. And last year, the defense was awful. Remember, the Vikings scored 44 points on them last year. Just torched them into the ground. Just just unbelievable. But now they're back to being the New York Giants again. And Spagnolo's the defensive coordinator still and all that good stuff. Watch out for the Giants going into the postseason. Oh, my goodness, watch out for the New York Giants. So now let's go back to the Packer game. This game had all the usual implications, all the usual symptoms of Green Bay versus a team like Detroit or Minnesota, stuff like that in the in the playoffs. Yeah, R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, that stupid thing. Yep. That's when the Packers were not doing so good early in the 2014 season, and then they almost went to the Super Bowl that year, if not for about five interceptions by Rodgers in the second half. That were just strange. It was weird. They were killing Seattle in that game, and they found a way to lose that one. And Seattle's little magic wand, just hoisting the ball in the air, and miraculously, it's a big play. Drives you absolutely nuts to watch, and they almost pulled that off against the Patriots. Thank God that magic wand ran out of magic points at the last second for those Frickin' bastards in the uh, of the Northwest. Oh, I was so happy. <laughs> um, but yes, the Packers are NFC North Division champions. They are kneeling the ball down now, and they are running the clock out. Thirty-one seventeen. Classic situations, though. Time and time again, Detroit needed to make a stop. Uh, they were still very much in the game, and you. And then there it was, Aaron Rodgers running the ball, running the ball. Third and five. Yeah. You force them into into third down and long, and then you get to finally get him to throw an incomplete pass. You're like, wow, I'm surprised he didn't just run the ball there. But then, miraculously, despite the fact there's no <laughs> pass interference plays, with like looked like there was a lot of contact with Jordy Nelson and such. After there were a couple of pass interference, oh, I hate looking at that. <laughs> sure, go back, go in Detroit. Ugh. But uh, despite the fact there were all kinds of. Uh, there's all kinds of contact. There's no flag on the play. And then all of a sudden, a late flag rolls in, and what happens? Too many men on the field. Oh, remember that. Remember the whole too many men on the field? 
and it was like late and it was just out of nowhere. Yeah, too many men on the field. And then after that, Green Bay just rolling, just rolling. It was a six-point game. Looked like Detroit still had a chance to get that stop and still in Packer territory, get them to punt. And then, you know, you have uh, you have Matthew Stafford who's very capable of leading teams on the final drive of the game to victory, which he's done several times this year, including twice against the Vikings, which cost us, well, we would be in the playoffs probably. Yeah, I mean, 10-6, and six, there you go. Detroit wouldn't even matter. This, Detroit would just be screwing around right now, and Green Bay would be winning the division. We'd probably be in the playoffs, 10-6. and six. We might be the sixth seed or fifth seed, whatever we'd be. Sixth seed, most likely, much to our chagrin. We'd be going to Seattle this time. Woo, would it be a switch off of last year? <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be very fun, but at least we'd be in. Just the Detroit games alone in that case. But um, Green Bay just marching down the field after that one completion after another, and they eventually get in the end zone as the clock burning, burning, burning. 31-17, Detroit not going to the playoffs. Or, excuse me, they are going to the playoffs, but they're probably not going to get very far because they never do. They're basically the Cincinnati Bengals of the of the, uh, of the the NFC. And it is not, and but then they don't make the playoffs as much. Uh, at least when they do make the playoffs once in a while, they're out right away. They had that nice run way back in '91. Ran into a Redskins team and that just rolled right over them. And right now they're gonna be playing the Seattle Seahawks in the first round as the sixth seed in Seattle. Oh goody, that won't be fun. Green Bay and the Giants, though. See, one of those two teams, the winner of those two, is going to the NFC Championship game. 100%. 100% going to the NFC Championship game. The Atlanta Falcons will never set foot in Texas Stadium or whatever the hell they call their new building. They will never set foot in that building. It'll not happen. Um, Packers and Giants, winner of that game, will win the NFC, will will win, will win, will make it to the NFC Championship game. And, the, and if it's the Giants, I think they're going all the way to the Super Bowl. Seattle Seahawks will, in my mind, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, well, they're the number three seed now because nobody, because they have only five losses on the year thanks to that tie. Damn it, I wish they lost that game, but because eh, Green Bay would have actually had, that's funny, uh, two of our most hated teams there, so you don't really want to see either of them succeed. But uh, Detroit is not going to beat Seattle in Seattle. I, I really wish they could, and I'll be cheering for them, but they won't. <laughs> New York is going to beat the Packers, though. Um, despite the fact the Packers have been on an influential run, the Giants will beat Green Bay. Absolutely will, without a doubt, beat Green Bay. And you know what? If this thing sets up in this direction, New York's going to Dallas. And that's how the New York Giants roll. That's how they roll. They knock out number one seeds, be it in the NFC Championship game or in the second round, like they did back in 2011 when they knocked a 15-1 Packers team out in the first, in the second round, so to speak, but their first time around, New York Giants are going to win the NFC in this setup. The way this is set up, the New York Giants will win the NFC. Um, but if the Packers win, if they somehow beat the Giants, they will, at minimum, play the Dallas Cowboys in uh, in, in Dallas. Um, Atlanta Falcons, they would play... Uh, if things set up, though, it looks like Seattle and Atlanta. So... Yeah, if Seattle wins, they're going to Atlanta. That'll be an extremely good matchup. Uh, last time around, Atlanta did beat Seattle in the playoffs. I think they could do it again. It would be a really close game. It would come down to the wire. It might even go to OT, that type of thing. But I think Atlanta would win that, believe it or not. 
But then I think you'd have New York on the other side for Seattle or Atlanta. That's basically the way I'm looking at things. And in that case, New York goes to the Super Bowl to play the New England Patriots. Uh, that's how I'm looking at it. I just, I, 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 that's, that's my crystal ball right now at this stage. That's how I'm looking at things as we head into the, uh, the postseason. So we'll wrap up with that. New York versus uh, New England. And I think New England would be third time's a charm. They'd finally beat them. But that's where I'm leaning at this stage. Very early, I'm not going into huge in-depth uh, analysis per se when you get further and further and further into the playoffs, but this Giants team is ready to make a playoff run. Uh, <clears throat> the unfortunate thing is, see, well, obviously one of these two teams is going to have to get knocked out early. I'm not cheering for Green Bay, but it's just the fact that they have the ability to make some type of a run. Uh, Detroit's getting a late touchdown, but it's just so little time left. It, I don't know. They're going to have to hope for a squib kick. But <laughs> yes, this is all happening right in front of me. Watch watch this be like some kind of miracle thing. Like when... <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? When uh, Seattle beat Green Bay back in uh, 2014. And Gwen Bolden getting in there. So good for him. At least Detroit's making things interesting. Now it's a six-point game. But there's so little time left. Anyway, they're going to have to hope for another miracle here. Mm, 13 seconds. Yeah, that would be a miracle of miracles, but I'm not counting on it happening at this stage. Either way, Detroit is in the playoffs, but I think New York, at the end of the day, will win the NFC, and they will face the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. We'll be back for fan interaction right after this. You will start. We will start things off with two calls from Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland, starting with the Christmas and the New Year's. Jay, let me just say that was uh, an excellent podcast. Really wasn't much you could say about that performance. Uh, incredibly bad. It kind of reminded me of the Leslie Fraser era towards the end where the players just completely gave up. And it looks like that's what they've done in that game. Um, you know, it was it a case that the defence looked at what the offence was doing and thought, you know what, we can't be bothered because you're not actually making any effort. So why should we? As to uh, your opinions on uh, some of the coaches, I am with you on Sherman. I don't think he's done enough to justify getting the job permanently with Rick Spielman. How, you know, I'd forgotten some of those picks he'd made. Toby Gerhardt, a second-round pick. Did we actually need to use a second round on a running back? You know, let's face it, most teams go around looking in the sort of fifth, sixth round or even pick up running backs off the street and they can plug them in. We picked a second-rounder. That really was yet another waste. Uh, Cook, oh yeah, I remember that one. That was another complete disaster. You, you know, when when you actually look at what this team's achieved in the past decade, it's not a great deal. Take O nine out of the equation, and we really have not been a very effective football team. Um, you know, I can remember back to the seventies, the eighties, um, and really since the turn of the century on the whole it's been very disappointing you know in the last what five six years we've been to the playoffs twice and lost both games you know ultimately a lot of that comes down to what the GM's been doing in the draft and in free agency uh, going back the past 10 years we had what Childress and his triangle of authority with Spillman and then obviously Spillman took over as GM and after sort of going through a lot of those draft picks we've taken there's been a lot of misses it's not good enough I think it's time ownership actually stood up and said you know what we need to find a GM 
that is a football man at the heart and can pick players, can evaluate the best players. Yeah, I know it's a lottery, but equally, I think you've got to hit up on more than what he's doing because this team isn't, isn't good enough. You know, this this year's draft is looking horrendous. You've got a first rounder you can't find with Searchlight. You've got a third rounder that he's uh, not even on the team anymore. Uh, and the rest of them aren't looking particularly great. And you can't do that if you want to build a successful team. You know, we started 5-0. and Was that a mirage? And what we've seen since 2-7, and is that a true reflection of the team we've got? I don't know. Well, all we can hope for is a win against the pack, derail their season, uh, give them an awful Christmas. And uh, wait and see where we go next season. Right, Joey, have a fantastic Christmas, and I hope everybody else has much the same. Um, bye for now. Hope you've enjoyed the uh, the festive season so far. Uh, just caught the podcast, or as you say, always love a good rant, and boy, we've had plenty of reason to rant this last few weeks. You know, going from five and zero to potentially a seven and nine is it's, it's completely unacceptable. Um, yeah, I think there were probably five games you could say in there that we had a very, very good chance of winning the two games against Detroit, Dallas. They were all very winnable, and we would be in a much more imp- interesting position than perhaps we are now. But it is what it is. The thing, I suppose, that's worried me the last couple of weeks is the defence. They've fallen off a cliff. The points and the yards that we've given up against the Colts. And again, very much the same against uh, the Packers. Of course, the big story after last week's game was some of the DBs are doing their own thing and going rogue on the Zimmer defensive plan. Uh, completely unacceptable. I'll be intrigued to see how he deals with that in the future. As to uh, what you were saying about AP, I'm completely on board, probably with a majority of fans, that it's time to cut him or get him back on a, a much better deal for the club. Um, because, quite frankly, we have so many other areas of need at the moment. The offensive line's going to need to be rebuilt, and they're going to need to find a lot of money to do that. Looking at next year's draft, oh, sorry, this year's draft, um, there don't appear to be a great deal of offensive tackles in there of quality. So is it a question of we're going to have to go free agency and spend the serious bucks on that? Or are they going to hit on some of these um, offensive tackles in the draft? Um... But looking at Spielman, uh, I don't really want to, but if AP goes, will it be, oh, let's draft a running back in the second round? If he does, I think I'll just scream. But anyway, we'll see where that goes. As to the final game of the season against the Bears, hopefully we'll win. Uh, it'd be nice to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. There's no particular concern in our draft position. It is what it is. We haven't got a first-round pick. I'm not concerned I think for once in a very long time we have two quarterbacks in the stable that are quality players. And it's nice to think we don't have to be going into off-season looking at retread quarterbacks, looking at the draft and trying to find somebody that we can bring through and use the retread as a bridge. For once, we haven't got to concern ourselves with that. Right, Joey. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year, everybody else. I hope you have a happy, safe, and prosperous New Year. Skull, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much, Dave Martin, for the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you very much for uh, wishing all of us that uh, and ha- happy uh, for like happy holidays in terms of New Year's and Christmas, Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. So thank you so much for that. Um, 
Yeah, didn't you miss him last week, guys, didn't you? Yeah, see, that Christmas one was supposed to be on last week. Of course, he was talking about the Colts game, how the team basically quit on it, and, of course, the insubordination against the Packers. I mean, wow. Uh, Really, it's basically like Dave had the floor there. It's almost like uh, that's the way to do it, in a sense, too, where I, you know... uh, Basically, nothing there I can disagree with. I mean, obviously, we're pretty much all of like mind of that. Nice to have the two quarterbacks. We'll see where things go. Offensive line. Um, yeah, I, there's all kinds of possibilities. Like all kind, of, you know, maybe you try to really get aggressive to make some type of trade and uh, to get uh, Joe Thomas out of uh, Cleveland. Well, obviously, the, the the best left tackle there is in football. He's the only good player, basically, on that team. Unless you think RG3 is a good player, which I don't think anybody does anymore. <laughs> 1 in 15, Hugh Jackson's club. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But uh, that's the crappy part because, see, luckily, our potential window is bigger than, say, like an Arizona or, say, the 2009 Vikings. And you, you hit on many good points there, obviously, too, where this team has not done a whole lot for many, 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 many years. Um, during the 80s, that team probably should have been, should have had more success than they did. Probably. Uh, you know, <laughs> they really should have. Then they got stupid at the end of the 80s and went after Herschel Walker. That was a big mistake, which kind of slowed things down. You had some nice teams under Dennis Green in the 90s. But to be honest, they underachieved, especially in the playoffs. Um, nine, the 92 Vikings, that team should have done something. They should have made it some kind of type of run. But unfortunately, you had San Francisco-Dallas kind of in the way in the early half of that that era, early half of the 90s. You had San Francisco-Dallas kind of blocking the way. And then the late 90s, I don't know. Uh, Green Bay was there, but I don't know. I think the Vikings could and should have done more than they did, that type of thing, especially 98. No kidding. 97, well, whatever. That team... I don't know. They started good, finished crappy, and they lucked out against New York, because, against a New York team that wasn't that good, and then ran into San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. We got throttled there, 98. Oh, you know, do we even have to bring it up anymore? 99, I thought that team should have been way more than they did, and they, and they didn't get it done. The 2000 Vikings, what the hell happened there? Uh, Eleven and one, and then the, then you lose four in a row, including a home game against Green Bay. You got to get the job done against Green Bay in that game at home. Golden opportunity to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. What happened there? Of course, you lose forty-one nothing to Giants. Yeah, I could go on and on forever. No, I mean the frustrations. Of course, right after that, oh one to oh whatever. The Vikings were awful. You made the playoffs a couple times in oh four, or yeah, you, you made it in oh four. You got lucky. Well, no, well, not lucky. You beat Green Bay uh, in Green Bay. That was pretty cool, and then got destroyed by Philadelphia after that. Blah blah blah. They could just go on forever and ever. The frustration, <laughs> how things went. Ninety two thousand eight was lame. That was a lame playoff game against Philly. Oh, yeah, you could just go on. I'm sorry. Like, I'm dragging it, but then again, it's fun. It's the conversation. Offensive line has to be 100% the goal, and I agree. If they take, watch, watch Spielman take a wide receiver. It's like Spielman fired before the, before the third round. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying that we don't have a first-round pick, but it's because Bridgewater got injured. Um, and Sam Bradford, which uh, you tweet me here very shortly, is, yeah, he's got a chance to be a pretty good quarterback here for a while. Uh, talking about a possible five-year contract. We'll see, five-year extension. That's a big, big commitment. I don't know what's going to happen to that. It's scary because what does that say to Bridgewater? Um, all, Bridgewater's all excited. He's got like a, he said, you're going to be surprised. And I can't tell you, I can't tell you why that type of thing with his knee 
uh, recovering. So who knows? I mean, that's several months away. That's a lot of time for that knee to heal, even though people say it's going to take forever. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with Bridgie? So we'll see. Man, I haven't said Bridgie in forever, like about a year. I miss that guy. I mean, Awesome calls, Dave. Just spectacular. Star candidate, of course. <laughs> Dave, just the best. And I love, love these calls. Love these calls. Um, you are a great football mind, my friend. You you really are. Uh, very, very worthy member of this, of the Purple Mafia Nation. So thank you very much. Out of Scotland there. Uh, hope, uh, I'm, you know, I mean, I, it's almost better if I don't touch on everything and just let you speak, you know, rather than just analyze every little thing you say. That might be overdoing it. So it's nice to let you have the floor. I hope all of you enjoyed that. I'm sure you did. Uh, very good football man. Mind, pardon me. Um, and we continue off of, uh, well, actually, I went to the Facebook page. I don't want to go there yet. I usually go to Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show for the Twitter account. I'm going to give a quick shout-out, though, because I keep forgetting for Facebook. Uh, MN Vikes Haven. MN Vikes Haven is uh, a page I recommend, of course, out there. Trevor Wickerin's the founder of that one. He also founded Flips Army, so he allows me to post on there. MN Vikes Haven, or Vikings Haven, on Facebook. Look that up and follow it. Like it. That is on Facebook. I, I would highly recommend it, and he's kind enough to let me post Triple Mafia on there as well. I keep forgetting to shout out. I mean, that's the least I could do is shout out for him to let me do that. So, Let's get to Mad Martin. That's Dave Martin on Twitter. He says, "So the locker, so the locker room's doing its own thing and not following Zimmer's game plan to change the locker room." Me thinks. Okay, actually, we did continue off that one, but he says, "Unbelievable." Hope you're having a great Christmas day. Think we need to forget the purple for at least a day. Yep. Okay, I did. That was the last. That was the last show. But that's okay. Now we move on. He said, it's, "He says it's the holiday season. I'm surprised you had time to do a podcast. Well done. Now I need time to listen to it." On a plane home from south of England is my plan. Lots of ranting, I hope. And yes, there was. He says, another great show, my friend. Love the rant. Off-season is going to be interesting. AP must be cut, which means which means Rick drafts yep, a running back in the second round. Ha, ha, ha. Well, yeah, if, he's, if, he, if he does, someone fire him. Yeah, I would be furious. Uh, maybe take a running back, fourth, fifth. I don't know, whatever. But it's got to be O-line as much as possible. Um, linebacker, possibly two somewhere in there. Third, fourth round. Kentrell Brothers, like I mentioned earlier, has a very good chance of uh, helping helping to replace Chad Greenway in the position. I know no one can replace Chad Greenway. People might get that way. Some of the Kool-Aid purple and uh, grape and lemon uh, Kool-Aid drinkers out there, you get the idea of purple gold. Uh, might think nobody can replace somebody. Well, position-wise, you know, that's all I'm getting at. I'm sure uh, Chad Greenway's the nicest guy ever and all that, and I do respect that in a big way. KW at Disco Pizza Man says, this is this is, this is is reality at its best, truth. He liked my post where I was saying, we've been missing we've been missing this the whole year. Now we get to see, meaning the way the Vikings played against the Bears, now we get to see it when the game means nothing. Classic Minnesota sports. <laughs> Thank you for uh, retweeting that and, uh, and, uh, the, the kind words there, Mr. Disco Pizza Man there, KW. Thank you for that. Uh, Mad Martin continues saying, give Sam, that being Sam Bradford, time in the pocket, and we could be a very good, solid opening drive. How very true. What was I saying? Uh, a very fr- That was saying up the very first drive, very efficient offense. Too bad we didn't see it all freaking season. 
Yeah. Um, he was saying how Sam is a mobile quarterback and normal service inside the red zone and, oh, yes, a field goal. Yep, and that's what usually happens. Yep, that's what he calls a normal service. <laughs> Mad Mark continues saying, lucky for him, we don't have a first. We got to sign Sam to a five-year deal. Mind you, this Bears team is making us look good today. And, yes, uh, they really are. Uh, there was an ongoing conversation yeah, I said, any more wide receivers in the draft and in the first round of the draft and Spielman needs to be fired. He was saying, just depend how Teddy's rehab goes, but without mobility, he's not in Sam's class. And how mobile will he be? Yep, I was I was saying I was afraid a little bit of a five-year deal. I still am a little bit, but I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. Um, boy, it's tough. It's tough. But then again, it's the NFL. I mean, you know, there's, yeah, it's easier to cut people if, or maybe renegotiate if you have to. I'm not sure how Sam would handle that. Say if Teddy Bridgewater reemerges and becomes the starting quarterback after you sign him to a five-year deal, that's when things get really tough because I'm not sure Teddy Bridgewater is meant to be a backup quarterback either. Maybe he'll have to be temporarily, and then you go from there and hope for the best. I don't know. It's going to be extremely interesting. Things change all the time. I mean, you had RG3, you remember. He'd already signed a pretty significant deal with Washington. And then Kirk Cousins, look at him. He took over. Next thing you know, KGB, or KGB, KGB. <laughs> That's the wrong guy. That's the Packers. RG3, looking for a job, wound up, wound up in Cleveland, Ohio. Yikes. Uh, Mad Martin says, it's been way too long since we had a legit quarterback with plenty of wear on the tires or a quarterback with an arm. And Exactly. Um, yep, the just end the season for the Jets. Yep, just endure the suffering. Wow. <laughs> oh, yep, that's the Jets fans. Yep. And uh, there was another one many years ago where it was just end the season. That's back when they were 15-1 and one and they fired Rich Kotite years ago back in the 90s. Good old 90s out there. I'm sure Dave Martin remembers those days. He says, and we lost to this rubbish after the bye when it meant something. Enough said. Yeah, it was total bullcrap. It really was. Just about wrapping things up here. He says, uh... Not how we wanted the season to go, but it ends on a positive note. Good game. 8-8. Eight and eight, Roll on next season. I hope so. Sam Gupta wraps, wraps up the Twitter section saying, Happy New Year, Joey. 2017 is off to a great start as we celebrate a Vikings win. Thanks for keeping the show going. And you're very welcome, Sam. And thank you very much for listening to Purple Mafia for as long as you have. Thank you very much for your loyalty. Really appreciate it. Facebook page, and I did mention the MN Vikes Haven. Now let's come to the Purple Mafia page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia. Give it a like, and and there you go. Comment as much as you can if you could. We continue off the last show where I called it Insubordination, and Justin Mayor Henry out of Colorado says, ha ha, perfect name for this one. Yep, and it was perfect for with that Insubordination. Um, I was talking about, now this is semi, well, it's it's on topic in general, because I record Brave the Wild, I record Purple, Ma- uh, Purple Mafia, of course, this show, and Timberwolves Explosion, I have also recorded Showtime and T-Wolves, which has kind of been, it's kind of in the freezer right now, but it still could be thawed and brought back to life again, uh, Paladino Live was Paladino Live was basically uh, shut down and turned into Timberwolves Explosion, Purple Mafia, and... Uh, Brave the Wild. Basically, that's basically what happened. Paladino Live was always started, and then it got split into shows with uh, one team identity way back in the day. But you combine all these shows together at the stay at this point at the point of last week. 
I had recorded uh, 591 total shows. I remember about a year ago, I got to my 500th show and I forgot about it and didn't even mention it until it was too late. It was on Brave the Wild uh, last year. It was a Timberwolves explosion, I can't remember. But this year... The way the schedule tends to go, because I've pretty much been stuck on Timberwolves Explosion Friday, Brave the Wild Saturday, Purple Mafia Sunday, Sunday or Monday, whatever it is. But if things go well, it will wind up on Purple Mafia this year, the great 600th show. And that will be the reviews of the uh, division championship round and previews of the conference final round. So in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about show number 600 of my career. Insane. So I posted that up there. Uh, I got lots of likes and love. I got some love from people. Thank you very much for that. Uh, that that means a lot. Um, thank you, Brent, for that. And many others, uh, Cedric and, and Gerald and Justin, Josh, Tanay, Brent, uh, Ali Sidikai, Brett McCarthy, Mark Carlson, Gerald String, Cedric. I think I mentioned, <laughs> okay, I'm bouncing over. Justin Mayer Henry says, here's to 400 more, Joey. Thanks for putting in all that work for us. We really enjoy and appreciate it. And thank you so much, Justin. I, that means a great deal to me. It really does. Um, 400 more, of course, it'd mean 1,000. And I do think that day will come. And it'll be a very, very happy day for me indeed. Justin Mayor Henry says, maybe one of these years we will have a Super Bowl show. Hashtag just one before I die. woo And then Dave says, I'm with you, Justin. I've been a fan for 45 years. All for nothing. And I was saying, just imagine how unbelievable it would be if getting to 1,000 would be like a Super Bowl show. I was saying, yeah, that would be crazy. What if that 1,000th show was talking about a Super Bowl championship or getting to the Super Bowl at minimum and then winning it? Oh, my God. Mark Carlson says, I can imagine. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. I can imagine. It's not, e- it's not as easy as it looks or sounds. I appreciate every effort you have made to bring fresh news and game reviews and giving us all a place to share our thoughts and takes. That's a mountain of games reviewed over the years, and the Mount Everest of player information, stats, and more. You are a true veteran. Skull, thank you so much, Mark Carlson, who is an Iraq veteran from the 91 era. So thank you very much. That was called Iraq 1 in the H.W. Bush era. Um, Thank you so much, Mr. Mark Carlson. Uh, That means a great deal to me. And yeah, this was the ninth full season of Purple Mafia. And luckily, again, this was all 16 games, so I didn't have to sit out a game. Or like last year, I missed like the first three games because of all the weird crap going on, like I talked about last uh, time around. But uh, this year, 16 games again, where the last time I'd missed some games was way back in 09. Uh, A Seattle game at home back when Seattle sucked. God, wasn't that nice when Seattle sucked? That was awesome. They didn't even show up to play hardly in that one. I believe that was the last game I'd missed. And then last year, to start out the season, I think it was like Detroit and San Diego, games like that. Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, says, You are a man who is devoted to your teams. All the work behind the scenes that you do has to take up a lot of time. I have a hard time finding time to watch games and I've missed commenting on your shows several times this year. Too much going on and sometimes I am so disgusted with the Vikings I don't even want to talk about it. But you persevere, my friend, and I thank you for doing it. Congrats. I hope you have many more. Thank you so much, Dave Hickey. Thank you. Gerald String says that's, and he's out of Nebraska, says that's unbelievable, Joey. You bring a lot of passion for our team to all of us at Purple Mafia Nation. I still say I still say is the best Viking podcast in the world. I've I've been a Vikings fan for as long as I can remember, probably about 45 years. Wow, yep. 
which would put me at five years old when I started watching Fran Tarkington. Yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> Still waiting for the big one. After this year, it's hard to believe they will ever get it done. It will likely happen in a year when we least expect it. Exactly. Yep, it'll be like a some crazy unseen thing, and it'll be an awesome thing. Like when the Cubs finally got it done. Now, this year, you can almost kind of feel that one coming. But say Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, oh, the Warriors are the greatest team ever, blah, 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 blah. But Cleveland took them all nearly to the brink without Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving. So it's like, how could people say that? And then, boom, look what happened. So it's stuff like that. Um, He says, keep up the awesome work, Joey. Thank you so much, Gerald. That means a lot. It really does. So, and then uh, Dave Hickey and Gerald kind of, oh, no, it disappeared. Dave Hickey and Gerald kind of have a little conversation back and forth about how it's been many years um, watching this watching this team and such. Dave says, I'm right I'm right there with you, Gerald, on how many years I've been a fan, and I think we may be worse off. I really thought Zimmer was going to get us there, but after this year, I'm not so sure. That freaking Blair Walsh cost us last year, but the worst losses had to be Atlanta and New Orleans in the championship games. Yeah, those were terrible. Uh, your take on Spielman drafts was spot on, too. He needs to go. I'm not happy with Spielman, no. I'm not. Uh, too many misses. Uh, just like Chuck Fletcher of the Wild versus Rick Spielman. Chuck Fletcher, I talked about this on the last show, I believe. You know, he had some. he's had some misses, but lately especially, he's had some hits and some significant ones. And when you bring in a better coach like Bruce Boudreaux, now do check out Brave the Wild, by the way. <laughs> Brave the Wild podcast. Please do. Um you bring in a better coach, and then some of those guys who look like they weren't doing so great ended up being something. But at least they made the team where you get other guys who barely even made it, like under the previous general manager, where I think Spielman is kind of like closer to Doug Risebrow than to Chuck Fletcher at this stage. But he's not terrible, but yeah, too many screw-ups, especially wide receivers over the years. Now, Troy Williamson was not his pick way back, but still. Ugh. For the Vikings in general, it's only worked once. Now I keep bouncing all over the place. Let's keep moving. Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, possibilities what's going to happen with the snow tomorrow. Could be a lot, could be a little. I hope it's medium to a lot, but that's just me. Gerald says, yep, me too. Don't know what to think about Zimmer anymore either. I'm still thinking Spielman's the main problem. And yes, I I do too. But Zimmer, yeah, Zimmer isn't perfect. He really isn't. And there is no perfect coach. Look at Mike McCarthy. So, hmm. Where are we? I uh, said, just hasn't brought us anything solid on the whole line. No, arguably the most important part of the team. The game's won in the trenches. The game is won in the trenches. You hear that? You hear that? Yes, it really is. I said, they drafted Khalil, which is a half-ass bust, and that's about it. Drafting Treadwell in first round reminds me of what the Lions always used to do. You can't find running backs and receivers in later round. Done venting until next year. Or you can, can, can find running backs and receivers in the first round or in the later rounds. Absolutely, um, you can even find quarterbacks in the later rounds sometimes, which is pretty crazy. Um, like Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. I know that's not all the time. It's very rare, in fact. Uh, a lot of the good quarterbacks seem to be taken in the second round for some strange reason. It's just kind of funny. That's how it goes. Um, Running backs, yeah. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, third-round pick, he's not bad. He's not great, but he's he's more than serviceable in this league. Uh, Stefan Diggs, fifth-round pick. You know, it just could keep going on and on. Adam Thielen, not drafted. Bada-bing, bada-boom, he's a great player. Uh, very good player. Great is a strong word. I'm very careful on using the words great because that sounds kind of rubbish. Well, we're moving right along now. The, the uh, in-game thread, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty small, so I might as well just 
read most of this here because it's very, very small. People very quiet, I think, because of the significance in this game. Not very big. Sebastian Balls, Sebastian Barton says, Let get this, let's get this shit done with, please. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, nice scoring play. Now, what defense is going to show up? Todd Vennermay out of Indiana saying, nope, no defense. Teddy who? Bradford is the future. And I was saying, oh, that was quite a shocking run there. Makes you wonder. And that was cool. Uh, Clemmings is hurt. Yahoo, says Brett McCarthy. Justin Mayor Henry says, just stopping by, packing all my stuff up so I can move into my new house. There you go. But it's but it's nice to see a good game today. Skull Brett McCarthy says it's been a hell of us. It's been a hell of a season. A lot of lot of downs, but still like the team, like like see the young guys play and making plays. Just need to get some offensive linemen fix a few other things. We are a young team. Dave Hickey says this is basically the same line that couldn't open up shit for <laughs> for these same running backs against shit teams like the Bears and Colts. And now they want to start playing. Yeah, too little, too late. Too little, too late. And Jeremiah Sarles was very bad today, by the way. Um, Brett McCarthy saying, uh, like, 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 right? (laughs) Dave Hickey, when TJ went out, his his practice squad replacement wasn't that bad. And we played the 3-10 and Bears. Yeah, I mean, it's just, mm, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, Where did it go? Where did it go? Final thing is, Dave Hickey says, I'm with you, Joey. Where was this team the first time we played the Bears? Yeah, way back, and they just torched us. I really hope we have no primetime games next year because ever since Favre's first season or when Moss was on the field, we are total garbage in primetime. Yep, pretty much, except for that, uh, yeah, pretty much, except for that um, uh, Packer game last year. And, you know, yay, we got a division championship, but we got a tougher opponent too as Green Bay just waltzed right through Washington. Oh, that was so frustrating, wasn't it? But then they ran into Arizona and got their asses handed to them, and that was cool. Vikings versus Bears post-game thoughts here. Justin Mayer Henry says, at least we end up with a W and we're at 500. Bradford may end with the best single season completion percentage in NFL history, and he did. The guys looked energized today. <clears throat> it was a good way to close out a horrendous season. See you next year, guys. Skull, Jesse Ball says, glad the season is over. Better luck next year. Tony Coleman was saying, was yep, showing how, yep, he finished the all-time record, 71.6 completion percentage. Thank you very much for that. Dave Vicky says the only problem with that is it's on a 500 team. That is absolutely crazy. His pocket percentage is garbage. His pocket presence is garbage, pardon me, and holds onto the ball way too long. Why wasn't he running with the ball when in the pocket, when the pocket broke on so many times? I hate to be a Davy Downer, a Davy Downer. I, I see what you did there, uh, because I liked a lot of a lot of things Bradford did, and the line was total shit. But just a couple more plays here and there, and we are a play team. Like I said, for him to have a record, this record on a 500 team is unbelievable. And Tony says three words: no offensive line. Brad McCarthy says we have no offensive line. That's why. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to have a high completion percentage. In that situation, when you're probably throwing the ball away a lot, it's very impressive. Um, and yes, there were a lot of short passes, which again would bloat that up. As we keep bouncing around here, uh, Tony Coleman says the Vikings look like a playoff team in this game. I'm not sure if that says more about the Vikings or or about the Bears. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Dave Hickey says the Bears look like a playoff team the first time we played when it mattered, and the, yes, they did. Now the Vikings look like a contender when nothing matters. That's the life of a Viking fan since their existence. Maybe next year. That's also something of a mantra for the Vikings. The one glaring hope is I have. The one glaring hope I have is that major sports franchises have been beating those curses lately. Yep. The Cavs and the Cubs, well, no NFL team has won a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And after next season, the big game is in our house. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and you are not mistaken, hope that would be, again, the best ending of all time. And I've said that a couple times already. That would be the number one possible happy ending for the Vikings. Like the most unlikely thing, maybe there it is. Tony uh, Coleman is from South Dakota, by the way. Leland out of Iowa says... Well, it was entertaining instead of irritating. Not much else to say on this game. Future thoughts. With the projected salary cap relief and some good free agency moves, contenders contenders may be what the Vikes are, and I hope so. I, I really do. Gerald says, Yet another disappointing Viking season draws to a close with many lost opportunities and much underachievement. Too bad for Zimmer. That was a great D-line that won't get to play in the playoffs. Bradford has never played a playoff game either. Not saying he's the greatest ever, but with that O-line, thought he played well enough to win more games than we did. Not his fault in so many games in the red zone or third and short, we decided to hand it off to Asiata up the middle only to get stuffed. Also, it didn't help that instead of cutting Walsh last year, they gave him a new contract. If I owned that team, it would be time for Spielman to go bye-bye. I would personally let Zimmer do his own drafting and see what happens. Can't be much worse than what we got now. Wish they had a shot next year to play in the Super Bowl at home, but they have a long way to go, a long, long way to go to even think about that. Thought we took too many steps backwards this year, and oh, we did. Yep, we did, and the defense disappointing after starting just crazy good, like compare Chicago Bears comparisons, all that stuff. Kevin Preasek, I believe it's pronounced correctly, he says, well put, boss, and thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, he must be talking to uh, Gerald there, I believe. Tony Coleman says, as we wrap up this section, at least the Vikings didn't ruin all my holidays. Halloween lost, Thanksgiving lost, Christmas Eve lost, New Year's Day win, finally. <laughs> That's a star candidate. That was awesome. And, yeah, there's so many star candidates here. Uh, Mark Carlson, Gerald Spring. Um, man, thank you guys so much. Uh, Dave Martin's a star candidate like he usually is. <laughs> you know, um, Leland should be a star candidate. I mean, you guys are just so great. Thank you very much for all you had to say there. Visitor posts. Brent Jacobson. So, just two here. Ali Sidikai was posting on how Vikings could be on the way out, and do check that out. Adrian Peterson, very much center of that. Do check that out if you haven't yet. Profootballspot.com, the Vikings section with Ali Sidikai. Click on that link and check it out. We'll talk about that some more as we head further in. Brent Jacobson here posting. Uh, he says, after seeing the news that Adrian is out again for the Bears game, he says, I've lost any remaining respect for him. It appears since there's no hope for the playoffs, he doesn't care enough to play. I bet you if we still had a snowball's chance in hell of making the playoffs, his injury, quote-unquote, would be too severe 
wouldn't be too severe to stop him from playing Randy Moss 2.0 and Willstead. Um, it's like he's pouting because he wants a you know some type of commitment from the Vikings. Well, you're not going to get it doing that. I th- and also, I think he knows the writing's on the wall. He's 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 out most likely because I don't think he's going to take a massive pay cut and stay here. He'll have to take a massive pay cut and play somewhere else. Like the Houston Texans is the the leading candidate at this stage. Uh, no Arian Foster. They don't really have a whole lot going on. They could maybe use him right now, but I don't know. I don't even know what he would do at this stage, like how good he's going to be. Maybe he'll have a little resurgence like Daniel Tomlinson did with the Jets for like one year, and then he just dropped off into nothing land, and you don't even know he existed anymore. Emmett Smith emerged very nicely for Arizona for a couple of years before he finally uh, announced his retirement. So it is what it is. Uh, people move on. Sean Alexander did a little bit in Washington and then totally vanished very quickly after that. Uh, there are a couple others, Ray, not Ray Rice, the other one, Jamal Lewis did a little bit in Cleveland, not a whole lot, uh, it, it just goes on and on and on, uh, Jamal Lewis was like the first 2,000 yard running back in forever at the time that he did it, he was a hell of a running back in his day, wasn't he, before Ray Rice uh, went to Baltimore, but that's a guy who probably won't reemerge at all, though there's rumors maybe the Vikings, nah, I don't know, maybe the Vikings would go after him, I don't know. Um, let's pass out the stars for the show. It's it's tough. Uh, Gerald String's going to get the gold star for this show. That was a very, very well-written, huge uh, comment there. Uh, Gerald String will get the gold star. Dave Hickey will get a shining gold-plated silver star for those phenomenal calls and all those great tweets, uh, commentary back and forth. Just a great job. Uh, Dave Hickey and Mark Carlson for sure will get the bronze stars at at a bare minimum uh i think uh yeah i mean yeah dave, dave hickey yeah dave hickey and mark carlson will reel in silver plated bronzes you could basically say just awesome you know you guys just thank you so much for all you had to say about this show and the very strong cool commentary back and forth uh thank you very much um uh Justin Mayor Henry, I'll give him a bronze also. I'm just going crazy. Again, season of giving again. Uh, <laughs> I'm going all over the place. You guys just thank you so much for everything. Um, man, I'm going. It's like I just want to, you know, it's like I want to give stars to everybody. I really do. Leland, Brent Jacobson. You guys are just the best. You know, thank you so much for all you had to say. I hate leaving anybody out because you all deserve stars. You always do, seriously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Gerald String, just awesome, uh, awesome commentary ongoing there and um greatly appreciated always thank you so much um hope all of you uh had a happy new year uh i hope you had a merry christmas as well because it was christmas eve last time around hope you had a safe happy new year i'll always like new year's day more than new year's eve because it's more chill and all that new year's eve is a bit rowdy and crazy i kind of hate the way some people act especially like the day before we're gonna get some break time into new year's they act like oh i mean the party crowd, I can't be around them. They're too much for me. I can't. I, I just curl up in a shell. I don't, oof. I, I, I can't be around that craziness. Some of you might like that. I think a lot of you don't, though. Uh, I don't know if I've rubbed off, or I mean, if, if that's just kind of <laughs> my personality, my project to you already, and then that's why one of the reasons why you like the show. You, you probably maybe think similar to me in that category. Maybe you like it. I don't know. But um, the freshness of New Year's Day is nice. And the chill of it, too, because you're past all the crazy rowdiness 
Now it's chill, and it's new. It's new, fresh, new, exciting. 2017, new hope, new all that, new this. And for those of you that might think I was being a little too ranty, a little too whiny on Facebook about it, I, I, I apologize if it got, a, got to you a little bit. I don't know if Mark liked what I wrote or not. I mean, it, I don't think it bugged him, but I thought maybe he was like, eh, you know, hey, now, hey, now, there, it, it's not all so bad. You know, that, that type of thing. Like, it's not like he disliked it, but more like, eh, you know, it's not that bad. And yes, no, it's not. New Year's New Year's Day is is a is nice. New Year's Eve, I don't get all the craziness to it. I I'll never understand that. That's just I don't know. It's just not in my DNA. That's all. I, I it's just not my style. Um, I've just never been that way. I'm weird. I'm like a Kobe Bryant. You know, while all the other players go out and party, I'd rather just sit, watch, maybe watch a little film, think stuff over, kind of do my own thing. That's kind of how I am when it comes to. Uh, if I was like a pro athlete, whatever, I'd probably be a pretty good pro athlete because of that, you know? So <laughs> I'd be more serious and more boring than going out and going out and having what they think is a good time. I, I don't think it's a good time. I think it's too much. I just get, I just get scared being around all that. So I don't know. I'm weird. So there it is. That's my, uh, that's my little quotation for the day. Not saying you have to think that way, not looking down on you. If you disagree, it's up to you how you feel. I mean, I can't decide for anybody, and you can't decide for me either. That's the other thing. Like, how can you not decide? Oh, no, I. How can I not? Well, because I because I don't. That's all. <laughs> yes, we have our own will and feelings, don't we? Isn't that the best part of being a human being? Yes. Okay. Enough. Enough of philosophical BS here. Uh, Gerald String, gold star, great, 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 always. Oh man. It's going to be tough when I pass out the stars of the year for State of the Vikings. As that's wrapped up, um, I will still pass out stars and everything. But for the Vikings season, that's wrapped up. And now it's time to put that together and uh, evaluate who's going to get the gold of the year, silver and all that. And they might be multiple when it comes to silver and bronze. Because just certain you know certain people need to be mentioned, doggone it. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's tough to leave people out, but I have a pretty good idea who's going to get gold. Uh, but you know, and if whatever it is, you know, it's not a shot at anybody or anything that doesn't get it. Of, of course not. You, you know, you're, you know, your place with me. You're, you're awesome. You guys, thank you so much. So God bless you. Sorry if I'm ranting or <laughs> blabbing too long. Thanks again. Do take care and we'll talk to you some more in the postseason conversation because Purple Mafia is not going away in the month of January because it never does.